Smoking and the Drinker contains explicit language and topics that may be offensive to some listeners. This podcast is intended for mature audiences only. You want to start this thing? The podcast is about to begin in three, two, <laughs> one, and go. You know, it's funny. You're we, probably recording. I am. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How's it going today? You gotta catch me off guard. I know. How was your day? Uh, it was good. Uh, it was good, but it was stressful because I learned a new program and work, and it's just a lot. That's always gotta suck. <laughs> yeah. So, I heard there's a rumor that you felt like you needed to come on here and rag on me for not. Continuing something I would love to do in my life. To write a movie. Oh, man. I did write one, though. I know you did. And you spent hours and hours and hours writing this thing. I slept on the couch and watched Ghostbusters 500 times while you wrote. Hold on. Let's introduce this thing first before you start ragging on me about my non-accomplishments in my life. All right, guys. (laughs) Today, my wife, the drinker, decided yesterday, she's like, you know what? We're going to bring up something you did last year, and you shopped it around for a little bit, and then you stopped. And now she feels that she needs to rag on me because there's this whole strike with the writers and mm-hmm. everything going on with SAG. And I had made a comment like, now's the perfect time to Try and sell it to people because I'm an outsider. I'm not part of them. Right. So, God, <laughs> I really don't want to talk about this, but we're but going it's something to. needs to get talked about because you have you have all these ideas. I do. I have some really great ideas, though. I have some funny ones. I have some dark ones, and I have some like real sweet ones. And I don't know. I just don't have time to sit and write them all. That's a lie. You would make time. I would not. Do you know how long? It, okay. I wrote this story, what, last year? year and a half ago? Last year. I wrote it last year. It took me, what, three months mm-hmm. to write this entire thing? Yep. I wrote, I, I had this idea while laying in bed because the drinker, my wife, finds it so easy to fall asleep. Yeah, like I kid, this. No, I kid you not, guys. I literally hosted mm-hmm. it. And I didn't host it, but had an experiment with her to see how long it took her to fall asleep. I got up, went to the bathroom, went pee, came back, and she was out, sawing logs, mouth open, passed out, snoring. It ain't hard. You just lay there, close your eyes, and you go to sleep. What's, <sighs> what's so difficult? None of us can do that. Anyway, <laughs> so I started watching movies, and I was watching this movie, and I can't remember the name of the movie. But it was like a, a, a cowboy movie. Mm-hmm. And it had, um, if anybody knows the name of this, you know, help me out on it. But do you remember the the actor, Danny Trejo? Yeah. He's the one with the big, the guy, the uh, Mexican guy that's got the big chest tattoo of the girl on him? Yeah. He was in From Dust Till Dawn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. He was the bartender. Yes. Um, he was in it. And he was like this cowboy and he got killed or something like that. And he had to go... And, and he went to hell, but 
and he meets the devil, and he's got to go back, and he's got to get revenge on the people. But I'm like, what if this guy were to have, like, a family, but he wants to say goodbye to them because he didn't get a proper goodbye because mm-hmm. somebody killed him? And then after that movie, I was watching The Crow, I one of my favorite movies. Yep. I was watching The Crow, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wow, this guy comes back to avenge the people that had killed his girlfriend right. or his fiance in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what if you took this and this and mashed them together, but you didn't make it based on the revenge. You made it based on solely of a guy who didn't get to say goodbye right. properly. And now he's made a deal with the devil in hell to do it. So, I guess I should tell the story of what this one's about. And the name is? I really want to change the name. I feel like it's not going to go anywhere. But it's called Deal. And basically, the story starts out with a guy had, I wish I had it in front of me. God damn, I wish our son didn't have to write sentences because he got in <laughs> trouble in school and he wrote it. You guys, he wrote it on the back pages. Yeah. And he wrote it wrong and he grabbed all the pages out and threw it all out. So now there's like a whole chunk of the story missing. Kids. Fucking kids. God <laughs> damn it. I was so mad because it took me forever to write this thing. Yeah. It was like a couple notebooks full. It was three. Mm-hmm. It was three with a bunch of post-it notes, with notes and everything. I had it all laid out, guys. It was all laid out there. I had it so ready for if somebody wanted to pick this up, a studio or something, mm-hmm. wanted to pick this thing up for something, I was ready to go. I was ready to pitch it. I was I was ready. I think part of the problem is that we're not in that well, I, I, in that field, so to try to find someone to pitch it to, it's like, who do you send this well, to? Well, but that's the thing. I looked it up, and you got to have lawyers, and then you got to have managers that get a hold of these studios and like give them, them the idea, and then they want to meet with the person who write it, and then mm-hmm. they got to sell it to them, and this and that, but I'm very much my own, like, no, I wrote this, which means I'm going to direct it. I have no flipping clue on how to direct a movie, but it would be quite fun yeah so back to what the story is about it's about this guy he's in a bad way with um you know crime families whatever but he wants out so the beginning of the story or beginning of the movie you would see him making a deal with again it's called deal because this guy makes deals throughout this whole movie or his whole story i should say Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say story. He makes deals throughout this whole story. You'll come to find that out throughout the conversation of this. Yeah. He makes a deal with the police or the detectives, whatever, on if I give you information to stop these guys, I I know I'm going to go down with them, but I get a lesser like sentence or... Yeah, it's kind of like a plea deal. Pretty much. Or I yeah. go into witness protection and nobody finds me ever again. Yeah. Well, it goes to goes to that, and they're going to sell guns, drugs. I can't remember what this thing. I wrote this thing. I can't I think remember. It was guns. Something like that. I, I wish I could pew remember. Pew-pews. <laughs> Pew-pew. And they go to make this deal, 
obviously, the deal goes horribly wrong. SWAT busting in, FBI, cops, this, that. And everything's going around. There's a big shootout going on. And the police are like, hey, I got a guy on the inside. He's got to come out first. Mm -hmm. You know, because that was part of his deal. Right. So, God, I'm talking way too fast today. I don't know what's going on. Well, you have a lot to say, and we usually keep it to around an hour, so you're good. Right. You're doing great, baby. But, so, he's got to come out first, Mm -hmm. but it goes horribly wrong, and he ends up turning on everybody, obviously. Right. So, when he turns on them, they're like, you motherfucker, you piece of shit, I'm going to get you, I'm going to come back, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Obviously, he walks away, the police get him out, he walks away, well... As the credits would have been rolling to introduce who's all in this movie, it would show him at a court case, court date, on the stand with a suit or whatever. You know, can you point out this person? Can you point out this person? This person. There's ultimately the head father of the crime boss uh, is is there, and his five other and I and I say this the five other people plus the crime boss. This will make sense here in a minute. Are, are all there, and he has to point out all six of them. Mm-hmm. So he points out all six. They go to prison for a while. He, after the court case is done, he goes to his, his fiance or girlfriend at the time and tells her exactly what he used to do. Right. So cut past, you know, it would cut there, and then it would show like 10 years later or 20, whatever the timeline yeah. was. Yeah. And he's working. He's got this long hair. You know, he's kind of grown a beard. He's kind of changed his look a little bit. So maybe people don't recognize him a little. It makes it harder to well, recognize he has, him. Because he has a family. He has kids. And right. He's fiance. got a family now. Yeah. So he needs to kind of hide himself a little bit. Because his fear is these people will find him. Well, one day his fear comes true. And these people come back. And they see him at his work, and he works on, like, dock work or something like that. Mm-hmm. And his boss, the guy, uh, I should tell you, the guy's name in the story, the main character's name, his name was Deacon Drake. I don't know where I got that name. Mm-hmm. But it was cool, and I loved it. So they go up to this guy, you know, while he's working, they're like, hey, Deacon, there's some people here. Uh, they want to see you, and they're kind of, like, in suits, man. Like, they look like some... So I'm like, real tough guys. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I'll go see him. Well, he goes there, and it's the five guys that he put in prison. Yeah. And they're like, hey, the boss wants to see you. The sixth guy, number six, he wants to see you. And he's like, fuck you. I'm not. I'm out. I'm yeah. done. You can't touch me. I'm untouchable right now. I don't know how you found me. Well, they find him. And they go back. They tell him, hey, you ain't going to meet with me. And they're like, oh, really? Well, we're going to turn around and we're gonna go after his family and then he'll come to us right well you know he gets home from work you know his wife's like hey man or not hey man but she's like hey how's your day and he was like oh it was fine because that's still on his mind you know he's like shit they found me right i gotta figure out a way to either a get out of here b get a hold of the police so he calls the the detective that brought him in and was there the whole in the past, in the 10, ten years mm-hmm. past, when all that shit went down. Right. And he's like, they found me. And he's like, I'm on my way. But he's hours away. And so 
The night goes on. He tucks his kids in the bed. Everybody goes to bed. Everybody's fine. Next thing you know, he hears this big crash in his house. And he sits there and he's like, man, what the hell is that? So he goes downstairs and he's greeted with like a baseball bat to the face. Right. So he's knocked out. And he comes to, well, his wife and his then daughter Mm -hmm. is now like they're tied up. Yeah. And they're in front of him. And, you know, he's got blood in his face because he got hit in the face with a bat. Yeah. And they roughed him up. They pretty much they roughed him up real yeah. good. So he's like half in, half out, you know, like things are blurry, things are this, things are that. And, you know, they're like, You did this to us. You all you took my life from me. I sat in prison for how long? You know. I feel like you're not asking me any questions about this. <laughs> Well, why should you? You were there when I wrote it. Right. I, I know the story. I'm I just know. letting you explain. Well, if I'm missing something, please. No. I'm having a hard time remembering it. No, you're you're right on. Keep going. And you're doing great. So, you know, you took my life for 10, 20 years, whatever the timeline mm-hmm. was. And he was like, so now we're taking yours. Right. And they shoot him in front of his wife and his daughter. Yeah. And at the time, the da- at the time his daughter was like, I think... I think I wrote it like she was really young. She was like young. She, she yeah. was like three years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to light this cigarette. They don't call it smoking in the drinker for nothing, no. do they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she, she was uh, young. And so her father was, you know, unalived. Right. By, these, by these gangsters. I don't know. But I'm nervous as hell telling this story. I'm like shaky nervous. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm like nervous to get it out there to people. Yeah. I don't know. But... So they kill him, mm-hmm. and they leave him there. He's bleeding out everywhere. They untie the daughter and the mother, and, and they just leave. Yeah, they just they don't they don't harm. No, they the, don't no. harm him. They don't harm the wife or the daughter. They I mean, that leave. was traumatic enough. It was tra- right. They just leave. Yeah, they just leave him. So he's bleeding out, and he's like, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." In this last breath, well, at that moment, the the detective runs in the door. He right. sees those guys leaving he in pass, the car. In passing, yeah. And he sees them in, on the street in passing, and he realizes who it was. Right. So he speeds up, gets in the house. By that moment, he's dead. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Yeah. So it, it would show like a cut scene of the little girl holding flowers at her daddy's funeral. The wife is upset, you know, this and that. And... Then the wife's asking the detective because they've all become friends. They're all protected by the police and right. this and that because of everything. So they're like, what do we do? He's like, I don't think they're going to come back. So now he's dead. Right. But then they move. I remember part that, of it. That comes in. I know where you're going in. Where, where, are you, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Maybe they, I'm missing something. No, I'm just saying that after that specific thing, like, oh, they're not going to come back. They um, move. Move them into a new, like, protection. No, they didn't. That was the part. I, I didn't write that. that and, uh, and I know exactly what you're talking about. You'll remember it okay. once I say it. So now, because he was this bad guy, he did, you know, bad things. So now, damn. <laughs> I'm like super nervous. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm like, my heart's racing. I'm nervous. I'm shaky. I'm like speaking fast. 
Shit. It's okay. Um, so now he's in hell because, you know, in the past he did all those bad things. Mm-hmm. And he knew he he knew he was probably going to end up there. Right. Because of everything he's had to do. Shoot, kill, shoot people, do whatever. He right. Knew he, he, was was a, not, he was a great family man. He was not a good man outside of family. Right, he did right. Dirty he knew things. what, yeah, he did dirty things. But he did it out of necessity. What he felt everything. was nece- yeah. necessary for his family. Right. Yeah. So now he's in hell. <clears throat> and he pretty much, you know, everybody's depiction of hell is very different. Oh, yeah. So in this one, I wrote, you know, there's this big fire in the middle, mm-hmm. like a big old bonfire, and he's laying in like the sand or dirt. Mm-hmm. And then he hears like this voice. And, you know, and he's like, Deacon Drake, I've been waiting a long time for you. Yeah. And he gets up and he's like, Who are you? Who the hell are you? I don't know you. What's Where going on? Where am I? Yeah. What happened? Because he doesn't understand. He's been shot. Yeah. He's dead. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and he's like, you know who I am. And he's like, no. Where am I? W- what's going on? Where's my wife? Where's my child? Mm-hmm. Where am I? And he's like, you have no idea what happened to you. And he's like, you're dead. And you're in hell. And he's like, what? I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. And he's like, hold on. And that's when he's like, you can, I don't remember, I think I call him a Mr. Winter. Yeah. Because I was reading something like, he's not, the devil's the sign of like a, a winter solstice or something like that. Yeah. And I think I. We were looking up different name different names to right. name the, I guess, quote unquote devil or whatever the lower power that you believe in or evil power you believe in. So we called him or you called him. Mr. Winter. Yeah, and I remember doing so much research. Like, mm-hmm. what about this name? What about this name? I, it was it was a lot, guys. I asked my entire family, "What do you think about this?" What, what you know, asking my son, "What do you think about this?" Asking my daughter, "What do you think about this?" Asking my wife, How, "What do you think about this? What about this? What about that?" And he is very much like, you know, you're in hell, mm-hmm. and you're not getting out. And I'm sorry. And he's like, hold on. What if I can get you six people that are worse than me? In return, I go back. You send me back. But I kill them. Mm -hmm. But they come to you. Right. And he's like, okay, keep talking. He's like, but in return, if I do that. I'm allowed to say goodbye to my family. Yeah. And they can see me one last time. And he's like, all right. But here's the stipulations. I'll give you six days. You have, I want six souls in six days by 6 a.m. Yep. So, and I know everybody's going to be like, that's super cliche, six, six, six. Well, it's fitting. Well, guess what? It's your story. Right. So. It's my story. Leave me alone. <laughs> but it was fitting for it, yeah. you know? There's well, yeah, because you're, talk- you're talking about an evil power, and, and the 666 thing is associated with evil and, you know, whatever. It's it's our narrative. So, you know, you guys want to use 222? Go for it. Right. You know? <laughs> 111, 444. Right. Whatever. So, he was like, you have to do it. You have you have to you owe me six souls, six days, 
by 6 a.m. on the sixth day, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. <clears throat> so he's like, deal. Six souls, six days, 6 a.m. Yeah. Deal. And so he's like, what happens now? He's like, now you die again. Again, yeah. And then it would like cut to like this big old chair, like sliding up on him. And now he's in this chair. And I don't know why. I, I really don't know what possessed me to write this. I think I, if I go back and I look at it, I think I might take it out. Or I might leave it. I don't know. But he like takes this like big old like um, crusader's cross. Mm-hmm. But he's like, it's in the fire pit. And he picks it up. And he, the, the Mr. Winter? Yeah. Okay. He, he pick, Mr. Winter would pick it up. Mm-hmm. But he flips it upside down. Right. Obviously. Because it's a dark movie. And, and, okay, I just want to clarify this. Yes, it's a dark movie. You can consider it like a horror movie, but I really don't. Because, and again, you'll figure this out throughout the whole movie. He's not doing it in revenge. He's doing it for one thing. He's doing it for the love of his family to get his right. proper goodbye. So it's almost like a, a love story to to a family. Right, you absolutely, know? yeah. So, again, it is dark. It is a dark movie. How you go about it is dark. The whole thing isn't dark. Like, there's parts that aren't so no, drastic. I, no, I did write. I, I actually wrote a lot of parts that weren't very dark. They yeah. were very, like, heartfelt moments. Yeah. But in a dark movie, which I, I feel like. There aren't you, a lot of. You don't get that. Yeah. You don't get those heartfelt felt moments. Well, when I read it, the, the and I know that you'll speak about it soon. But the heartfelt moments was a was a very nice balance to the 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 drastic scenes like going into hell and him dying and but as we continue right you know we'll get to those heartfelt moments but it is really but on a side note it is nice that you wrote that in there because it kept me engaged because for me on movies I'm not not a very dark watcher. Well, I'm not a huge, like, I, I enjoy action, but I cannot do constant act. Like, I can't, I don't do war movies because it's constantly bang, 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 boom, Like, I need something. Right. I need it to mellow out a little bit and then pick back up. If it's constantly going, I'm like, this is too much. I, I need a, right. a different change of pace. Right. And, and that's the thing. So, <clears throat> he makes this deal that Mr. Winter's like, now you die and next thing you know he burns him with the upside down cross on his chest mm-hmm. and marking him it, it, pretty much marking him yeah. like he's owned right he's owned by this and there is a flip side to that but we'll get yeah. we'll, we'll get to that mm-hmm. we'll get to that there's a flip and, and side i'm not saying many things because i want you to tell the story right no no no. and i understand just it, so, so no one you. thinks that oh he's talking the whole thing i know the story and yeah, i want she knows you it. to and i want to hear it from you <clears throat> right and there's a major like plot twist at the end and i'm god my wife was you were pissed at me you were so mad she the original ending guys she was so mad at me about how it ended that she's like, this is shit. <laughs> I this almost is, cussed you out. You did. You were like, what is this shit? You're like, <laughs> rewrite this right now. How dare you? And she's crying. Okay. The, the end of this movie was like probably one of the biggest tearjerkers. It was almost just as 
tear jerking. Do you remember the movie um, Shawshank Redemption? Never seen it. Um, there's a major part of that movie where Green Mile. Okay, when the take my hand, boss. Mm-hmm. When they go to kill him, and he's like, "Please don't put the hood over me. I was, I was afraid of the dark." Yeah, and you just feel it from him. Yeah. Like he's this innocent man, sweet man. And, but they have to do their job. Right. And every guard in that room was like crying, snotting all over themselves. Yeah. Because they were just like, oh, my God. That's how this ending was, guys. And I, I finally. Terrible. It was terrible. It was like 2 a.m. <laughs> I finished it. She's sitting there. She's having a drink. She's reading her book. She's got the TV on. She's watching her 90 Day Fiance <laughs> or whatever she was watching. I think it and was I, Ghostbusters. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> But I closed the book. I closed it. Mm-hmm. I put the pen down. And I remember looking at you going, I did it. Like, I finished it. And before I could even hand her the book, she's already reaching over the desk from yeah. the couch. <laughs> Give it to me. Like, we had set this whole thing up. I had a whole desk out there. Mm-hmm. I wrote on it every day, every night until, like, well, I wasn't working at the time when I wrote this, I think, which is why I have a hard time writing these other ones. But... <clears throat> You read it. Mm-hmm. You were so pissed. You stood up. You th- slammed it on the ground, pointed at me, and you're like, what is this shit? You mean to tell me? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, no, I will not stand for this. You need an alternate ending. You, you're like, <laughs> you have to get rid of that, rewrite it. So what did I do? I ripped out all those pages. I mean, it was like a good 30 pages. And you, I ripped out. You still kept it. It's just that you wanted, I, I, I asked you for an alternate ending. Right. And I kept it because I'm like, I can't throw this shit away. It's 30 pages worth. Yeah. So I, I kept it. And I actually, I just found it the other day and I was reading it. And I was like, man, that was good. Mm-hmm. That's good shit. But my wife hates it. So I rewrote it. But anyway, so now he's marked. He's owned by the devil. Mr. Winter. He's mm-hmm. owned by him. Right. So now he's like, you die. And he's like, what do you mean? And he goes, drink this. And basically, hands him like, he smashes a skull that's sand on the ground. And it's just the top of the skull. And he like dips it in this water. And it's like this black, like tar liquid stuff. Mm-hmm. But he drinks it. And he wipes his mouth. And he's like, there. I did it. I drank it. And then next thing you know, all these like, because the way... The scene would have looked, <clears throat> if you were to watch it in a theater or, or whatever, mm-hmm. it'd be like in a catacomb thing. Yeah. With all these little holes where, like, the coffins would be. Yeah. Well, at that moment, all these, like, skeletons with these wings come out, and they start, like, ripping through him. Not ripping, but they start flying through him. Yeah. Like, kind of like a, Kind of like a Harry Potter when all those... Um, Yes. Things yeah, 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 go yeah. through him and pull and like. Yeah, 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 and dementors. That was dementors. <laughs> yeah. So they like they go through him, and as they're going through him, you see this guy's body start to change, and finally, it just shows him on the ground. And he looks up, but his eye. And here's, I wish somebody would pick this thing up. So if anybody important is ever listening to this, and you guys are listening to this, contact me. I will talk to you all day about this. Mm-hmm. I'll sell it to you. 15000 
There you go. You shut your mouth. <laughs> no, I'll sell it for a lot more than that. Because this story is really great. And it, it was probably one of the biggest, like, accomplishments for me. Even though it went nowhere, guys. It was still an accomplishment. So this guy looks up. So this Deacon Drake guy, like, looks up. But his eyes are all, like, you know how you see, like, possessed movies where their eyes are all just black. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> you still have the white of his eye. The center was black, but in the middle, in like where the color of his eyes would be. Mm -hmm. I remember making his eyes. Yeah. She had a big hand in this. So, and I, and I loved it so much. I left it. It would be like a storm in there. It would be like clouds rolling in with like lightning in them Mm -hmm. and everything. So now he looks up, but now he's in this dark house and. He's like, what? Now where am I? Which right, I was just here, and now I right. drank this, and where the hell am I? <laughs> so now he's looking around. Well, he realizes it's his old house. Mm-hmm. So now he's like, and how many years is this? Um, I think I made it. It was like, like fifteen years. Because yeah. his daughter so, was like, so 18. to put into context, he dies, goes down there. What he thinks is right away is not right away. He go- goes back, and fifteen years has passed when he's only been with Mister Winter for like fifteen minutes. minutes. Right? Because obviously, you know, time, time is different. Slow is different in that time. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. it's been like fifteen years. So now his daughter <clears throat> would have been like eighteen at the time. Yeah. Now. And so he's like, "Oh my god." I'm home. And so he starts running around the house. Well, the house is dilapidated. It's broken down. Mm -hmm. The paint's peeling off the walls. The house is molded and everything. And all of a sudden, he sits, he ends up in the living room. And he realizes they're gone. And so now he has no idea where they are. He realizes they're gone. He starts crying. And he's like, I told you. You can't see them until it's done. Right. No interaction. No interaction. He can't look at them. He can't even. He can. And we'll get to this. He can talk to them, but he can't look at them. He's not invisible, but he's not invisible. Yeah, he's not invisible. He has to keep his. He has to keep his. um, He has to keep. He has to keep together. Like you can't run up and be like. Hey, honey, it's dad. Like, right. Like, and you have to. He's got to watch them from the other side of the street. Right. And you have to make sure that they don't see you. Right. 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 And so he's crying and he's like, Where's my family? And he's like, After you died, they left. Who's he? Uh, Mr. Winter. Because he kind of goes with Mm -hmm. him, but but Deacon doesn't realize that at first. Yeah. So now he's in this living room. And he's got this this old, like, run-down teddy bear. It's dusty and everything. He picks it up, but he realizes it was his daughter's. So he's like, where are they? He's like, they left. He's like, they only live on the other side of town. And he's like, okay. And he goes, but I found one thing that you left. And I kind of wrote it like, <clears throat> like a John Wick thing, but not really a John Wick thing. Because mm-hmm. John Wick has his, like buried in the concrete right. uh, a box of you know i guess you call it say his like weapon tree yeah in concrete mm-hmm. under in a box this one is there was a jacket and 
and just these pants and these boots that he would wear. That's what he would wear when he would go do his bad things. Right. But he's like, I found this. That was the outfit. It was the outfit. Which we had a lot of discussion about this outfit, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it really came together when we were in Chicago that one day after we stopped at the alley and I bought that jacket mm-hmm. and I was wearing my boots. I don't remember. You saw your reflection. Yeah, I saw my reflection in, a, in, in the building. window. Yeah. In a building. And I stopped and I took a picture and my wife over here, she was like, what are you doing? I said, I know what this guy looks like now. Yeah. I got to go back tonight. I have, and I went back. We were out for uh, Tori's birthday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I know what this guy looks like. He wears like this leather jacket, Mm kind of looking a little bit longer, maybe with these, uh, you know, these pants. I couldn't remember if I wrote it as black skinny jeans, but I hate fucking skinny jeans. I know. Nut huggers. (laughs) But he had these ripped jeans and these black boots. And that's normally what I wear. Because I kind of, not to be conceited, but I kind of base this character on myself. Mm -hmm. Because I remember sitting there thinking, what would I do? Right. How would this be for me? Well, I would make a deal. I would make that deal. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd make that deal in a heartbeat. Right. Just to say goodbye one last time, I would do it. Yeah. <clears throat> so now he's like, you know, you're not to think about them right now. You know, Mr. Winter's like, you don't think about them right now. You have a job. You have a job. You right. have a job to do. You have a deal to hold up. Mm-hmm. And I want my souls. I want my six people. And you will give them to me. Right. Because you know, if you don't, then it's null and void. Right. So... He's like, fine. So he puts these clothes on, you know, and there's like this big dramatic scene where you see him putting the pants on, lacing up the boots, putting the jacket on. For some reason, this guy never wears a shirt. I don't know why. He doesn't? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. I don't know why. But he doesn't wear a shirt. We're going to have to put a shirt on him. Probably. Even a Dago or something. Something. (laughs) You can't just walk around with a leather jacket, boots, and... Jeans and it's the like, 70s, hey. man. It's the 70s. No, I'm just, no, no. This, this story takes place in modern time, and so now he's got this clothes on. And God, I wish I had this in front of me. I wish I had the notes. There's six people there's Nico, Nikki, Antonio, Benicio, um, Anthony. Did I say Anthony already? No, and then, um. What was the name of the boss? I think I called him King or something. Something cliche. Something yeah. stupid. Because that wasn't set on it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we'll just say King because that's what I wrote. And so he's like, hey, one of your guys, Anthony, is three blocks from here at a nightclub called O's. Yeah. And in my time in California, I found out there was an actual club called O's. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit, copyright. Uh, but he was at a nightclub, mm-hmm. you know, where I guess you could say all the bad people used to hang out and all the sexy half-naked dancers all on the, the poles. All the gangsters. All the gangsters. All the illegal all the money. Illegal money, the drugs and all that. He's like, it's down the street. So I got to kind of shorten a lot of this mm-hmm. just so we can get through it. He makes his way into the club. You know, he's wearing his his outfit. He makes his way in there. People are looking at him. And he's like, hey, where's Anthony? 
And one of the guards was like, he's over there behind the door. He's like, whatever. He's like, what's your business? He goes, I'm an old friend. So he's like, all right. So the guard knocks on the door. And he's like, hey, uh, you got this guy out here saying they're old friends yeah. and he wants to see you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send him in. Whatever. So Deacon enters the room. And he's got like this hood up. Oh, that's what it was. He had a hoodie and a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. And he's got his hood up 90% of the time. Because when we took Moana to the alley, she, her and I both loved when you wore the, it, the your leather jacket came with a black hoodie yeah. with it. You were not going to let me leave that store without that. No. No, I was not. No. It was on sale, too. So. It was on sale, <laughs> but it was on, it's a very nice jacket. It's very warm. God, I digress. And so he's got this hood up, and he was like, he was like, so we're friends, you know, what do you want? And he was like, you don't, you don't remember me, do you? You don't remember me. He was like, do you remember somebody 15 years ago that you shot and killed in their house? And he was like, how do you know about that? And then he takes the hood off, and he reveals his face. Yeah. And he freaks, he freaks out. Because he's like, holy shit, you're supposed to be dead. Right. I mean, I think anyone in that situation would freak right. out. Right. He's like, you're supposed to be dead. Right. So now all these guards that are in there, they're pulling out guns. They're pulling out, you know, little MP5s and guns and then just lighting this guy up. Yeah. Well, the bullets are passing through him. And all this blood's going behind him. And he falls. And there's some comical moments in this story and horror yeah. movie as well. And he falls. And the guy walks over and he like, this Anthony guy walks over and spits on him. Pretty much because, you know, Deacon's facing the ground. Yeah. Because he's been shot. And he's like, dead now. Well, he stands up and the Deacon looks at him and goes, ow. <laughs> and he's like, so now Anthony's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So at this point. Now all these guards come and tap him. And Deacon comes to find out he's got this strength where he can just tear shit up. Yeah. He could tear anything up. So he's throwing people in the walls. He's breaking faces. He's snapping necks. He's he's being a badass. He's being a badass. And, you know, so now all these, and as gunfire is going off, all these people in the club, they're freaking out. They hear it. They, they start, start shagging ass for the door. Mm-hmm. So now Anthony runs out of the room. And he's like, Anthony, you know, because the lights are out now. And he's like, Anthony. Where are you at? Where are you? He's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And then finally, it, it and again, if if it turned into a film, it would show this dark room. And now Anthony's like running into things. And all of a sudden he stops because he looks back Mm -hmm. and he realizes Deacon's not behind him. Well, he turns around and in the dark, all you would see is this white, the storm of these eyes going off. So he basically picks him up, throws him back into the room where the lights are on. I thought that we had agreed that his eyes were going to like reflect like cat eyes. Something like that. Or I think that's what it was. But anyway, so he picks this guy Anthony up and he throws him back into the room. And he, you know, crouches down, gets on one knee, and he's like, I have a deal 
and you're part of my deal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you took my life. Now I'm going to take yours. I think I remember he like reached into his mouth or something. And he like. Something pull, graphic. It was, he like pulled it apart or something like that. But basically the guy's jaw was like hanging detached from his face. Yeah. From his skull. So now he's done this. Now the cops are coming everywhere. He's running and this and that. Well, he makes it back to the old house where he came back from hell. Now Mr. Winter shows up again. And he's like, good job. I've got my soul. Mm-hmm. One down, five to go. So he's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I want to take my deal back. And he's like, you made a deal with the devil. Right. There's you, no taking it back. You can't take it back. And then he realizes, again, he's doing it for his family. So he's like, fine. So basically the next day would show up. And the same cop that put him in witness protection. Mm-hmm. Shows up to this crime scene. I think I called him Nobs or... Yeah. Uh, no, Phyllis. Phyllis. Yeah. That's what his name was. So they're like, Detective Phyllis. And they're like, you got to take a look at this. And so he shows up at the crime scene. And he's looking and he's like, what the hell? Who the hell did this? And they're like, there's this weird liquid on the ground that we can't get a thing for. And the guy's like, you smell that? It smells like... Rubbing alcohol. Anybody knows anything about rubbing alcohol? Highly flammable. Right. So he goes, hold on. So Phyllis reaches down, because he's got a cigarette in his hand. And he reaches down, and he lights it. And a big old one on the wall starts on fire. Mm-hmm. So now he's like, there's going to be more. So now he's like, we're looking for a serial killer. And... So then after that, there'd be a big long scene with the captain, like, what the hell happened? Yeah. What happened there? Tell me. There's some dialogue between them and then. Right. Between, the, you know, the police at the the scene and the police at the station, the captain, all that. Well, then it would cut to his daughter in high school, her senior year. And she's got all her friends and they're like, and all the guys are like, Dude, did you hear about the, what happened at O's last night? I heard some dude went in there and went ballistic and just started shooting the place up and killing people. Mm-hmm. Like, heard a guy's jaw was detached from his mouth. And his daughter, I think I, and again, I based it on our daughter. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote her name as Vicky. Because, mm-hmm. again, names weren't said at that time. And Vicky's like, what? I didn't hear about this. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, and they, I hear you know, because they found fingerprints at the scene. Yeah. And they're like, heard they got fingerprints. This guy's going to be caught within a matter of an hour or days. And they're like, wow. So now Vicky's thinking about it. And it's the anniversary of her dad's death coming up. So now she's sitting there thinking about that. Well, it would show her looking out the window. And she looks down. And again, very cliche. There's mm-hmm. some cliche moments in this That's story. That's okay. And Deacon's standing out there because he can sense where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, just at that moment, he didn't know exactly where they were, but he could sense it. And he was looking up at the window and he could see her. But he's not talking to her, but he can look at her. Yeah. He's not engaging with her. And they, the two of them see each other. And then bus rolls by, car, whatever. Yeah. And he's gone. Yeah. So now Vicky goes home and goes back. 
to the mom, and I think her mom was like Tilly, I don't know, something stupid. And she's like, and her mom's got the news on. So, you know, it's like, she's like, Vicky, did you hear about this story? She's like, what kind of animal does this? And as the news is going on, you know, they're giving details about it. And again, Tilly knows what her husband did and Mm -hmm. how he used to do it. Yeah. Because he was, you know, he was very tactical, very, had a certain way of doing things back then. They're giving details, and she realized these details are awfully similar to what he used to do. And she's like, can't be. It's dead. Dead. And mind you, she's got no man in her life right now. No. Nothing. It's just been her and Vicky. Mm-hmm. So, come to the chase, she's like, yeah, this is crazy. So, that night comes again. And so, the sirens are... It would you would hear like the sirens, him sitting in the, in a in a dark living room, just sitting there, pretty much sensing everything. Yeah, trying to sense his guys that he's going after. Well, he basically hears one of them because again, he he somehow got these powers and he could hear super well. He's got the strength. He can see in the dark. He can see in the dark, and everything. Well, he hears him. He's at this warehouse, and it's a drug deal going on. Big drug deal. Mm-hmm. He ends up there. Well, as he ends up there, you know, it as it shows him like rushing out his door, running. You know, the cops are getting notice that this is going on. I thought after any, every guy that he had unalived, that he gained a new power. I think that's how it was. Yeah, I think that's how it was. So the first one was like the strength. Strength. Oh, this one was when he could see in the see dark. In the dark. Yeah. I can't remember. Either way, he finds where his guy is. Yeah. You don't want to give too many details because if it gets picked up, then everyone's gonna know what happens. Right. But can't it be like, dude, I heard this on this podcast. Dude. I know. That would be that would be so cool. Anyway, he finds him. Is at this warehouse. Drug deals going on. He doesn't know. Cops have been tipped off by neighbors or something. Mm-hmm. So the cops are on their way now. So now he's got to find a way in to get his guy. But there's other people there that are not included in his deal. Mm-hmm. He breaks in and he snaps in and he yells out. I can't remember. It was one of the five guys. Yeah. He yells out their name and he's like, you're mine. Mm-hmm. Well, going to start going off again. And now the lights go out. Light fixtures go out. It's black. Again. Yeah, because I think he like cut the power or something. Yeah, he cut the power yeah. somehow. It's black. So now he can see. And he's watching everybody in the dark, but he's got his eyes on this one guy. In order to get to his one guy, he's got to take out all these other guys. Yeah. So, and there's some funny parts in it, you know, some little funny words, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, like, peek boo. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> something like that. And he pretty much, <clears throat> he gets him. Well, this time, he goes to, like, jump. He's got him by the neck. And he's like, you want, he's like, can you fly? And he goes to throw him in the air, but he realizes, Deegan realizes he goes with him. <laughs> yeah. So now they're both in the air. Well, now this cop rolls up. These two cops roll up. 
And all you hear, you know, the screaming of the guy falling because Deacon drops him. Mm-hmm. Well, he hits the squad car. Cops, you know, are like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Where did this guy come from? Well, he lands, Deacon lands on this car. And he's like, sorry about your car, boys. And then he takes off, mm-hmm. takes off running. And he's got this super speed now. And so now he's realizing everything is going by him at like the speed of sound. Yeah. But yet he's got this hearing now. And he's developing, he's got this hearing. He can hear the scanners going off. Well, then it would cut to where this detective, they're like, that's our guy, let's go. They pretty much block off this whole block, you know, octagon block. Right. In the city where they stop him. And they're like, freeze, stop, this and that. You know, show me your hands. So he just stops and he puts his hands up. And he's like, you know who I am. He's like, you don't want to do this. You know who I am. You'll figure it out. <clears throat> and he's like, stop. And he takes off. So the cops lose him. He gets back to the house and everything. But at the same time, his chief calls him. After that all happens, and they said they got a match on the fingerprints. Right. Yeah. And this was where, where it gets interesting. This is where it gets interesting. Because yeah. again, the guy's dead. He got no fingerprints. Right. The guy's supposed to be dead. They're like, we got a match. So he goes into the lab, and they hand him the paper. Well, his mugshot shows up on the paper. He's like, there's no way. And he's like, there's no fucking way. There's absolutely no way. And the last known address of this guy is that old house. Right. So now. And this is where it's going to get really, really, it's going to start getting thicker. Mm-hmm. It's going to start getting thicker. Because I know the thick of it. Yeah. So he goes to this old house. Well, the cop shows up. Again, Deacon's in there. And he's like supposed to be sleeping mm-hmm. or whatever, something. But he hears him walk in because this cop realizes the door's been ripped open. Somebody's in here. Yeah. So he's got his gun drawn and everything. And he's walking through this house. It's dark. And now Deacon's hiding in the shadows of the corners of this house. So the detective doesn't see him. Doesn't see him, but he's watching the detective. And they he obviously knows who it is. Yeah. But the detective does not know he's there. Mm-hmm. So, and then the detective comes on this room, which happened to be the daughter's room as a child. And there's, like, all these teddy bears and there's all this stuff on the floor. Because, like, it's like the mom and the daughter just up and left. Right. Their stuff's, like, 90% of their stuff is still there. Yeah. So, pretty much, you know, he's like, okay. So, he gets there. And he sits on the bed. Well, he picks up one of the stuffed animals on the floor. And, you know, the cop starts talking to himself. He's like, he's like, if only if I had been there a couple minutes. Yeah. The guilt. The guilt. The survivor's guilt. The survivor's guilt was setting into him. Yeah. And, again, he kind of, like, says something. He goes, uh, Deacon had said something mm-hmm. to, like, make it known. Well, now he freak, the cop freaks out. He's like, whoever you are, come out. Let me see your hands. When he comes out of the shadow with his hands up. Well, now this cop is looking at him. At him. Yeah. And he's like, what? I can only imagine the thought process of this guy. <laughs> right, 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 right. So he's like, no. 
And he's like, how? How? And so he, the detective freaks out, shoots him, because he's killed two people mm-hmm. now. Shoots him. And he's like, stop. Shoots him again. Goes through him. And he's like, You're finally, wasting this, your bullets. <laughs> finally this cop unloads him, and he's still standing there. And he's like, you can't hurt me. He goes, let's talk. Pretty much he tells him the deal that he's made. And he's like, and you're going to help me. And you're going to help me tell me where these guys are. Right, because Mr. Winter didn't put any stipulations on how he got them right, just was, to get them. See, and that's the thing. And that's the thing with deals. You know, you make deals with people all the time. Yeah. You know, you have to get me this, this and that. Or you do this for me, you do that. There's no stipulations on how you do it for somebody. Right, just do it. As long as it's done. Right. So he's finding loopholes. Mm -hmm. He's like, wait a minute. I just have to kill these guys. You tell me. And he's like, I'll tell you what. You've been chasing this cop or this king guy for a long time. Even when I was helping you, you've been trying to bring him down and put him away for a long, for life. Mm -hmm. He goes, what if I can help you? He's like, but life means death. He's like, you never have to deal with him again. Right. So the cop initially is like, I, fine. I'm only doing this because it's what's right. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. So now the cop's in on it. So now the cop is the only one that knows this guy's alive. Yeah. Besides the devil. Right. And now Vicky, well, Vicky had seen... You know, her dad in the window, and she's like, what? Like, now she's thinking. Like, like a vision. She's like, going crazy. <laughs> like she's going crazy. Yeah. So this cop's now helping him. Plot thickens. Mm-hmm. So then Mr. Winter shows up after the cop leaves. And he's like, I told you no interaction. I said, and he's like, no, you told me no interaction with those two. Right. You told me I couldn't interact with no one else. Mm-hmm. So now, loophole. Right now, <laughs> now, but this plot's going to thicken real heavy for everybody here soon. So now, he's like, Does anybody else know your life? He's like, Nope, you're the only one. He's like, And you have to keep it this way. Because if not, I don't get my goodbye. So he's like, Okay. So it comes to the next morning. Now King's standing there because, again, two of his guys have been killed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck is going on, you guys? Who is this guy knocking you guys out? Yeah. Why can't my crew out. What why, is going why on? Why can't we find him? Why can nobody locate this guy? What does this guy look like? Nobody knows what he looks like. No one knows. No one knows. Well, at that time, the detective walks into his office and he's like, I want to talk to him. And he's like, I want to talk to you, too. <laughs> and he's like. Here, a couple of you guys have been knocked off. And he's like, yeah, what are you going to do about this officer? You know? And they're pretty much playing like this cat and mouse, like, dialogue going on. Yeah. And finally, he's like, he's like, still into the business you're doing? And he's like, why does it matter to you? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Why would I tell a cop? So the cop's like, he's like, you'll get yours one day. You'll get yours. Because now the cop knows what the deal is. Yeah. So he's like. You got something coming. You got something coming. And it's big and it's coming for you. Mm -hmm. Well, at that moment, 
Mr. Winters walks out of the wall. Well, not out of the wall, but like out of the shadow of a room. Yeah. And now King is like, I thought you told me nothing would happen to me. And dun, he's like, dun, dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, no, I told you if you gave me six souls and six, or no, that's not what it was. If you gave me two souls in the, in the amount of 15 years, you can become empire of this city. Is it? But it had to be like, it, so you take say two souls in 15 years, like for a drug lord, that's really nothing. So it had to be specific. I, I'm. You don't have to get into specifics, I, I, but just I can't for the remember, sake, but like, it was something like that. For the sake of conversation, the fif- two souls in fifteen years, yeah. it was specifics. Like it wasn't yeah, it just was like oh, specific. two people, like because right. that's very easy, right? Um, no, I think I had to deal with Deacon himself because I think the devil knew he was coming there mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, that's what it was. He had to deliver the souls of Vicky and Tilly to the devil in two years. In 15 years. That's what it was. Because the devil knew that this deacon guy's been gone for 15 years now. So it's almost like he gets a family affair. Mm-hmm. A family discount deal. <laughs> and so he's like, cool, whatever. And now he is just sitting there and he's like, I want him. You have six days. And I want out by 6 a.m. on the sixth day. So, and that's where it really thickens. Because now he, because now Mr. Winter knows this king guy is supposed to die on the sixth day by 6 a.m. Right. But now he's got to kill these, these two women that belong to Deacon on the sixth day by 6 a.m. So he knows the two of them are going to come face to face. Right. And right before Mr. Winter walks away from him and he goes, and by the way, somebody's looking for you. And he's like, what, the cops? And he's like, no. And he turns around and he's like, Deacon is. And he's like, what do you mean? Disappears. So now this King guy knows this Deacon guy's back. Mm-hmm. So now he's like, okay. <laughs> Basically, so I'm gonna cut to a. I'm gonna cut through a lot of this, guys. <clears throat> so he's killed two. There's uh, a few more. There's uh, six more left. Or yeah. no, wait, four. Four more left. He cuts. You know, he gets to it. He kills uh, two more. Mm-hmm. And finally, Deacon, um, or King tells this cop. Because he goes to him every time one of his guys dies. And he's like, what are you going to do about it? You know, kind of taunting him. Mm-hmm. And King is like, I want a meeting with him. Set me up a meeting. So now the cop goes back to Deacon. He's like, he wants a meeting with me. Yeah. And he's like, fine. And I'm going to get into a heartfelt moment real quick right after this. Well, basically, they set up a meeting. Mm-hmm. He walks into this diner, you know, that's owned by him. You know, the mob, crime family, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, Deacon Drake, how are you? And he's like, great to see you back from the dead. How's it feeling? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not here to fuck with you. He's like, I will kill you. 
and I will get my revenge on you, and I will see my family. And he's like, well, two can play that game. So now... Now it's a competition. Now, yeah, now it's a competition. It's become this big competition between... Basically, it turns into whose dick is bigger. Right. Excuse me, language. But that's what it turns into. Yeah. A pissing contest. A pissing contest. And so now he leaves while he's walking. He's walking back to the house. Well, he comes across this park with this parking lot. He sees this car. And he hears this. And it turns out to be Vicky in this car with her boyfriend. And, again, there's moments with Vicky and Deacon, like, kind of seeing each other in passing mm-hmm. but not realizing it. And there's more heartfelt moments, but time-wise, we're going to do this. Yeah. And because this will tell you a real heartfelt moment as to why he's really doing it. And, you know, this guy's trying to force her. This boyfriend's trying to force himself on Vicky. She's like, stop, 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 stop. Well, he hears it. He realizes that's his daughter. Mm -hmm. And as any father, myself, would intervene. Absolutely. We would tear somebody up, man. We would tear some ass up. Mm -hmm. That sounded really bad. But we would tear some we tear somebody up. Yeah. So this guy rips the door open. Deacon rips the door open mm-hmm. and he rips this guy out. And he pretty much does this like guttural like leaves thing, like this yeah type thing. The guy leaves. Well, not but now he's dealt with a dilemma. Vicky's there. Right. He can He so he turns around starts to walk away like he wants to save her but at the same time he's not trying to break the the rules right he can't break the rules yeah so he's got to walk on eggshells and again this is where there's loopholes in this deal again he can't engage with them he can't look at them and they can't look at him that was the only rule mm-hmm. not that they couldn't talk to each other yeah so he turns around he starts to walk away and she's like i know it's you I, I know who you are. And he's like, forget what you know, kid. And she's like, no, I know it's you. Right. She's like, I know it's you. I was there. I was there at the house. I heard you. I I was in the house, and you were there. I know it's you. And he's like, whatever you think, whatever you know. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> she's like, I know it's you, Dad. And he's like. And he stops, and he's like, your dad's gone, honey. And he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. What? He, and he basically reveals to, to her that, yes, she's right. He is her dad. She knows it. But, but he's he, not the same person. But he's not the same person. Right. Because now he's become this, he's become this evil entity now. Right. Because he is part of the devil. He is part of his, the devil's gang. So he's like, go home to your mother. Go. Get out of here. Yeah, pretend like this didn't even happen. But he's pretty much like yelling at her like he doesn't care about her. Yeah. And he's like, leave. You have to show like, Get like, out of like here. no emotion. Right, like he's heartless. Yeah. But at the same time, he knows as he's facing the opposite direction from her. And she's looking at the back of him. He's desperately wanting to turn around and look mm-hmm. at his daughter and have that interaction and, I mean, and yeah, have that any any dad in that situation would definitely want to do that right 
So now it cuts to, you know, he kills, and I, I think the last guy he killed before he kills King. Oh, oh shit. Before the big, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me back it oh up. Oh my God. No, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't ruin the end. I didn't ruin it. I didn't ruin it. And that's a... where they stop listening. Way to go. Way to go, Smokey. <laughs> no, 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 Dropped no, 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 it. no, no, Dropped no, the no. ball. Actually, um, no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ruin it. I didn't ruin it because there's a major plot. You're always like, oh, yeah, do this. Oh, damn. Damn. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, one of the guys, the head of the younger crime guys mm-hmm. was King's son. Well, <laughs> Deacon kills him. And I kind of pulled like pulled this from a, a different movie called Seven. And the guy walks into King's What's office. in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> I guess you guys know where this is going. <laughs> he delivered a guy basically delivers his package. Mm. And sets on his desk and King's like put it on my desk where he sits down goes to open the box and in this box is his head but there's a big five carved in do you see the head you do see the head oh i thought you were gonna leave it like seven like well i could i could i could go back and change that i could there's a lot of things i could go back and change on this this is just a rough draft right and so now he knows this guy oh no 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 that was that was the alternate scene. That was the alternate scene. Sorry, I. That was the alternate scene. It, it was there was two different versions of that. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, it gets down to the fifth guy. And uh, you know, it's just King and his son Nico left. Mm-hmm. And is that right there by my feet? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> Look at that. The news is coming for me. Um. But basically, they realize this guy's coming from. It's night five. And pretty much he. So he's done four gangsters, the head the head guy's son, and now we're on to King. No, that was the alternate one where I wrote with the but head I'm in the saying box. We've gone, gone through five. The King is a sixth one. Yeah. Oh, okay. But his son's still alive in the original one that I wanted to leave it as. Okay. Because pretty much he finds him and he's like. You tell your father I'm coming for you. Yeah. Well, now it's day six. So which scene are we speaking of? We're speaking of the one. You can basically scratch out the head in the box thing. So the original. The original one. Okay. We're going to go with the original ending, too. You better not give away the ending. Well, I'm going to someone email be like, man, I want to hear more about this. Okay, hold on, hold on, (laughs) hold on. I will give the original ending. That I wrote, that you made me change. I'll give that one. Okay. But I won't give the final ending. How's that? Does that sound good? That's that's a deal. Okay. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. You're that welcome. was good. Basically, he finds this guy and he's like, "I'm coming for you and your dad." Mm. And so, pretty much. So now it's like day six. After the fifth day, he tells the. You know, the king's son, I'm coming for you and your dad. Right. I don't have the time for you tonight. So, day six comes. He now, and all of a sudden, it's a year to the day 
of day 15 years. So now King knows he has to complete this. Along he's running with, out of time. He's running out of time. But it's now day six for Deacon. So now that whole day is building up to this whole thing. Pretty much, you know, they kidnapped the two girls. And, and Tilly the, and Vicky. Tilly and Vicky. Mm-hmm. Vicky knows he's real. And she's running back. She ran back to mom. It was like, mom, he's back. Dad's back. Dad's alive. And she's like, honey, I know it's been a long, hard 15 years. Whatever. Yada, yada, yada bullshit, yeah. bullshit, bullshit. And so now they're kidnapped by this guy. And now Tilly's like, what do you want with me? You killed my husband 15 years ago. And he goes, that's what I thought, too. And he's like, but lo and behold, just like your husband years ago, weaseled his way out. <laughs> so now he's weaseled his way back into life. And so now it's nighttime. So now the cop goes to, uh, you know, Deacon. He's like, God damn it, did that door pop open? Yeah, the cat. Oh, shit. Whatever. The cop goes to Deacon. He's like, King's got to has him. So now this guy's amped. He's pissed. He's raged. He's like, where are they? And he's like, He's at King's Tower. He's in the penthouse suite. And he's like, all right. So now at this time, he's got like this animalistic powers. He's got this strength. He's got this speed. He's Yeah, because every time he, he unalives someone, he gets a new power. Right. So now he's like, it's go time. This is it. This is it. When he gets there... And he gets to the tower, <clears throat> and the sun is standing in the lobby when the power cuts out. Well, generators kick back on, and you know King's like, "Oh, I think he's here. <laughs> I think he's here to save you. I think he's here to save you." Again, he can't look at them. Right. So there's this huge dilemma. He's got to go for this guy, but he can't look at him. But before that, he's in the lobby with this sun. And they have this big old fight, this big fight and everything. And he's standing over him and he's like, number five. Offs him. Mm-hmm. It's done. Right. So now he gets on. Now he's just like casually walking to the elevator like, boop. Going up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, type thing. Going up to the sixth floor. Right. <clears throat> so he gets there. And... And here's what the audience doesn't know. And I I, I want to tell this, but I, I don't think I should. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to make sense, though. Okay, guys. I'm going to give you the original ending that I wrote that Drinker, my wife, <laughs> made me get rid of. I'm going to give you that. Because that one's not going to be the end, the actual ending of this I mean, movie. it could be. Possibly. It maybe. could. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm going to give you that one. So just so this story has an ending for you guys. So you're not like, what the, what is going on here? What's in the box? <laughs> yeah. One of those things. So he gets there. Can't wait to rehear this garbage ending. Mm, oh, my God. It was a great <laughs> ending. Okay. It was a great ending. <laughs> and so now Tilly and Vicky are on the floor. 
just like it was 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So now he's got... History's repeating itself. History's repeating itself. And But now he realizes he can overturn the history. He can change the story. Mm -hmm. But he can't look at these two. He can't. But he's got to take care of this guy. He has no idea how it's going to go. And before you know it, this huge fight breaks out between the two of them. There's like slow motion punching. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And it comes to a part where they both go to hit each other. And they both hit each other but fly backwards. And right as that moment, Mr. Winter stomps. He's got like this king in his hand. He stomps on the ground. He just poof. Shows up and he's like, enough! And now at this point, the sun's rising. This guy has 10 minutes to complete his deal. And the other guy's got 10 minutes to complete the deal. Mm -hmm. So who's going to win? Right. Who's going to win? And again, a little backstory. The only way these two guys, the only way Deacon can die is if King kills him first. Right. Okay. I'm going to give you that. But anybody knows, if you become part of the devil's henchmen, you become this sort of demon-like thing, mm-hmm. which means you have the power to possess people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave you with that for a minute. Okay? I'm going to let, let that sit on the brain. Let it simmer. Let it simmer. <laughs> so now he's like, end it. Finished it. One of you's coming back with me, and one of your deals is done. And you'll never get what one of you doesn't get. Poof. He backs into the shadow. He's gone. Deacon. Oh, no, Mr. Winter does. Okay. And all of a sudden, this whole time, King's got this little, little piss ant gun mm-hmm. and his. And his. Like, holster in his ankle. I don't know. He, he got a gun somehow. Yeah. Well, he shoots him. He shoots King. He shoots him. Mm-hmm. He's dead. And this is where it got really hard to end it. Because it was hard for me to end this thing. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want it to end. But now, Tilly... And Vicky can now see him because the deal's done. But he still has 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Still has 10 minutes. And again, what I let you guys simmer with, he has the power to possess these people. Somehow, he, his spirit, because some people believe in that. Yeah. But I didn't leave it at that. I kind of kind of messing with everybody right now. I'm kind of <laughs> giving them like, where's it going to go? Where's yeah. it going to go? Where's it going to go? <laughs> I believe the original ending was he found a way. Oh, that's what it was. Because Vicky shares the same blood as Deacon. Blood oath that he made to Mr. Winter in hell shares the same blood with her. Mm-hmm. 
she in returns kills King. And now he's dead. Boom. It's 6 a.m. King is done. And it's the sixth day. The deal is done. Yeah. It's completed. And Mr. Winter shows up. Again, the ending of the movie is very much how the beginning of the movie started. He's like, you fulfilled your end. You can now get your goodbye. I see you looking at me. (laughs) I see you looking at me. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) So now these two can say goodbye to him. Mm -hmm. And he can say goodbye to them. He is looking at him. God. You know, and Vicky's like, Daddy, you know, Dad. And she's like, he's like, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to be, you're going to do great things. Don't worry about it. And now the wife gets to turn to actually realize what her daughter's been saying. You know, again, and I, and I cut a lot of the story out. But there's a part where Vicky's like, Mom, he's alive, he's alive. And she gets angry because, you know, her husband's dead. She doesn't want to relive it. Right. Now she gets to see it's true. She gets to look at him and, like, hold his face, touch his hand. Don't just. She's tearing up over there, guys. (laughs) She hates this ending. Oh, God, it's terrible. It's great. No, it's It's great entertainment. It's great entertainment. That's not entertaining. (laughs) Well. Anyway, it's my story. <laughs> suck it. Suck, 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 suck. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Why you gotta do this? Just hurry up and say it so I can just get past it. <laughs> I gotta make it dramatic for you. No. And he's like, I love you. And... Do you remember that movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Do you remember that part? Do you remember the part I'm talking about? <sighs> of course I do. Who doesn't? Vicky looks at her dad, and she she's like, "Dad, will I ever see you again?" And he's like, "Sure, you will." And he and he like touches her. He like kind of puts his hand on his chest, and he's like, "I'm never without you." And you're never without me. And now, I am so sorry. <laughs> Guys, she's over here crying. This is how she oh, acted God. the first time she read it. Well, now the cop comes up the elevator. This guy's gun drawn. He sees what happens. Mm-hmm. He sees Deacon's dying again. So now he's down by him. And he's like, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Damn it. <laughs> He's like, thank. <laughs> he's like, thank you. You finally, you helped me. And now, but the, now, but at the same time, the cop gets closure because he had to live with the guilt. So now he's got to he, as as actually the wife over here says, "Who gives a shit about him? <laughs> Who cares?" <laughs> but it's a happy ending on three three different on four different aspects. You know. Who's happy? <laughs> Who's happy right now? Well, Deacon is. He finally gets to look at his wife and his child <laughs> one last time. 
Don't you start. <laughs> anyway, guys, it just. And then he, and then what? <sighs> like, go right. ahead, finish it. I mean, <laughs> he dies. <coughs> you know what? He dies. But, so now he's in hell. So she has to relive it twice? But in a different aspect, she finally gets to say goodbye to her daddy. And not no. just look at her daddy on a big puddle on, on the floor, beaten and dead. It's a happy ending. Shut up. To who? Obviously not to no. you. No. This is sad as <laughs> so, Oh my God, she had to go through it twice? That's well, traumatic. It probably is. It's gonna need a lot of therapy. Anyway, it's my story. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's why I made him write an alternate ending. I yeah, told you it was garbage. <laughs> I had to write. Well, the ending's not done, so he dies. Okay. <laughs> and then it cuts to like a couple months later, because that fuck I gave the wrong. Oh well, we'll leave it. I wrote two and en- I wrote two entrances. Remember when I wrote two entrances of yeah. how he comes back? Yeah. Okay. Basically, he uh, he dies, but he, you know, time moves on. Everybody's happy now. You know, Vicky's happy in her life. She got a new man. She does. <sighs> she she ended up with the cop. What? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, that's where you told me this is bullshit. This is garbage. She ended up with the cop. Everybody's happy. Deacon lives on through throughout their memory. There's pictures of him throughout the whole house. Yay. I'd be doing seances and shit just to talk to you. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. And it shows, you know, the ending of the movie is it was happy, but it was sad. Because you know how angels have wings? Yeah. All right. The The ending, the official ending, like, it's going to be the end. This isn't the official ending. But the ending showed Vicky going up to Deacon's tombstone in the cemetery. She's wearing his jacket that he was wearing this whole time. And she gives him... A ro- she puts a rose on the top of his of his headstone, tombstone, whatever you call it. And she's like, I love you, Daddy. And she turns around, walks away. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. And all of a sudden, this big wind comes. But as she does it, she notices a black feather falls right in front of her and falls at her feet. And she just picks it up and goes, I'll see you sometime soon. And then done. That was the end. So is this conversation. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's not over yet. Hold on. And then I kind of hurry up. <laughs> I wrote the I wrote the sequel, okay? I started to write the sequel, guys. But this time it's like years of have like five years have passed. And all you hear is this. The baby's gone. The baby's been kidnapped. Sirens are going off. Please, scanners are going off. The baby's gone. Somebody kidnapped the baby. Somebody kidnapped the baby. And all of a sudden. Who's, who's baby? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you about that. No. Did I? No. I started. I, it was like kind of like a end credit scene. 
you know, oh, like after mo- the Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. End credit scene. You know, oh my God. And again, it's like times pass. It's like Home five years later. Homewrecker. <laughs> no. Find a whole new man. <laughs> Shut up. Let me tell this <laughs> so we can wrap this thing up. And he's like, and the baby's gone. The baby's gone. Where's the baby? The baby's kid- been kidnapped. Police decided. APB on this car. Baby's gone. Baby's been kidnapped. This and that. Well, at this time, a storm is going on. And all of a sudden, lightning hits Deacon's tombstone. And it cracks. And it cracks. And it just, boom, splits it. Like, lightning hits it, splits it. And all of a sudden, you just see this vibration of the ground. And then the dirt just pretty much, like, caves. And that's where it ends. That's where the end credits scene when and again guys i told you certain scenes because there's also official that's how this scene's gonna go but i gave you the alternate scenes so that way if this thing does get picked up it probably will never get picked up but if it by the grace of god if it happens (laughs) at least you're like wait this got changed and you're like oh my god i remember hearing about this this is how the alternate must have been the alternate ending is much happier. Oh my god! Oh my, oh my god! god. She, made, oh she god. made me rewrite thirty pages, y'all. Thirty pages. There's a movie. What is it? The best of me or the <laughs> half of me? What the hell is it called? Like, <laughs> you have to watch the alternate ending. The best of me. Oh my god! Ew! Ew! Emotions. That's the one where the <laughs> son has to get a new heart, and the one she truly loved back home, he dies. Don't say it. yes. Some people. Okay. Aren't. Yeah, no yeah, spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, guys, this woman's been pushing me to I always try and to sell it you. somehow. And I, I keep, and there are times I do come back to it and I do I actually one time, I think when I was sitting in your office, I emailed Blumhouse over it. Yeah. And it hurt, but at least I got through to somebody. I did get a rejection letter from them. And basically the rejection letter is like, I'm sorry, you know, we can't take this. You're going to need a manager and this and that. But that's the thing. Like, how do you get a manager and a lawyer when you don't have nowhere to start? Like, it feels like if, to make it in any industry anywhere, you have to have money to start. And lots of talented creators, they don't have that. Like, we don't, don't have know. daddy's Kev- money. We I don't, don't know. Kevin money. Smith figured out how to fucking do it. So maybe I can... Listen to his story somehow. I would love to meet that guy and get his story. Yeah. Because maybe it might help me mm-hmm. somehow. But the point is, I wrote this story last year, guys. I have, like, man, I got I got a story called The Butterfly. Yeah. Um, And then, do you remember the story I was writing? Because you were reading all those, like, porno books. You were reading them. Those, like, How Disney. How dare por- you tell my secrets. The Disney porno books. I read smut. Yeah, basically smut books are like stories with lots of sex and all this other stuff. Basically, you know what? They make videos over this shit, guys. Okay? <laughs> Just go watch it. Why do I got to read it? Anyway, she goes, she dared me. Write a smut book. To write a smut story. No, you dared me to write a, like a Fifty Shades of Grey but darker because you felt Fifty, Sh- 50 Shades was not dark enough and there wow. wasn't enough 
you said there was like MC seventeen. You said there wasn't enough of the good stuff. No, there wasn't it. because the thing is that the book, the movie is never as good as the book. I don't care what book you read, what movie you watch, the movie is never as good as the book. Right. But so anyway, guys, I will continue to push him and push continue. him and harass him and, and harass him and harass me. <laughs> and I am your biggest cheerleader. You are, and I can't say anything bad about that. But all right, guys, this has probably been our longest episode. Yeah, I'm sorry I took up so much of your guys' time, but get drink, it out there. Share drink it. her over here. We were talking about, it and she's like, "That's the next one." You have to you're talk gonna get, about. You're going to get your movie out there. Yeah, and you know what? Who knows? Maybe in the next five years or something, you'll. You'll see a trailer for this thing, and you'll be like, holy shit. Yeah. It happened. And if it did happen, I'm telling you guys right now, it might be the only thing you'd ever see from me. Just because I completed the one thing in my life. I've no, because you, you, you can't leave that tombstone cracked and the, and the earth shaking and the ground caving in. They're going to want another one, and you're going to give it to them. Yeah, well, I'm sitting there sipping champagne at the country club. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be at the house writing the story. Right. But, all right, guys. It's been, you know, I, I was nervous as hell to tell this story, guys. I really was. I was super I'm proud ner- of you. I was super nervous. I, I was nervous in the sense of, like, I was, because, again, that story is very much a part of me. Because it, it's very much based on who I am as a person when it comes to my family. And if you were to attack them, mm-hmm. hurt them, not just with you guys in the house with me but i mean my mom other family and yeah. they all know shit goes down they know who they're calling yeah and they know i'm coming in like a tornado yeah and same I'm gonna, with mine right and i'm gonna tear something up yeah well just to give my five minutes right now yeah i please. just I, you know what i'm thank you for just hanging in there with me honey it's mm-hmm. I really appreciate it, but again, you told me I had to get it out there, mm-hmm. and you said, I'm just going to sit here and listen and chime in. So she's not very prominent in this episode, so I'm going to give her her time right now. Go ahead, baby. I just want to tell you how proud I am of you, and I'm super stoked that you finally got your story out, even if we don't have a whole bunch of listeners right now, when we get the story out. Uh, it'll this will be the first place that they'll be like i heard it here and i did this and i did that and i'm your biggest cheerleader and i will continue to push you to do great things because i know that you don't think you're capable of great things but i do and i believe in you and so does the rest of your family right and i know you guys do and 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 it's it's nice to know that you guys are you guys back me on it Mm -hmm. you know and it was nice when i was writing this the kids were like no, um, that's bullshit. Don't write that. Yeah. That sucks. No, get rid of like, that. Oh, I want to watch a movie with you, babe. I'm like, I love you, but no, go write your story. I'm gonna lay here, right? And I'm gonna sleep on. The, I'm gonna but fall you know asleep what? on the those couch. So, those were some of the best times we had, yeah. though. You know, because you'd were... ask me, "What about this? What about that?" And you know, eventually I fall asleep. But right, that was. And then your I would time. talk to the damn cats because they'd come up to me, and I'm like, "What do you think?" But about sometimes that? you need that need that as a couple. Like you're still there. Like me and you, we can sit next to each other. But you can be playing your game. I can play my game. Be like, hey, what's up? Like, you know, like we're still spending right. time together. We don't have to be in each other's face or constantly talk. Right. But I'm proud of you. I, 
enjoyed oh listening to you talk about this story. And oh yeah, and I, was, I know you guys I can't know. see his face, but I can. <sighs> and the excitement and how happy he is when he talks about this movie or script or whatever. I, I love talking about it, but I hate it because I get so nervous because I'm like, I know. if I tell people this story and they're like, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. You know what? Well, well, help. Have, if you think it's a bunch of crap, reach out. Help us. If you have some kind of connection, you know how to reach us at our, at our Facebook and our Gmail. What Smoking, is our Facebook? Uh, Smokey and the Drinker. What is our email? Smokey and the Drinker. And, where can, and how can you get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us on our Facebook through Messenger. You can also email and leave comments on you know any of these platforms we are on spotify podbean uh boom player fm player iHeartRadio. you can leave amazon music samsung you can leave comments on there it, it, i'm going to put this out there right now guys if you guys got a connection and you think that this sounds like something you guys would enjoy in the theaters or sitting at in your homes watching it and you guys want to watch a dark movie but full of heart, it's got some... A little some, bit of comedy. A little bit of comedy, and but it's really... This movie has a lot of soul to it. Yeah. And there's a lot of it in there. Mm-hmm. And you'll... And I'm telling you... And we're you, not part of the writer's strike. So I am not. We're I available. am not. <laughs> I am available. I feel like I'm still listening to myself like, That's hey. That's you gotta do that. You right. gotta push it. At least I'm not on OnlyFans selling feet pics or dirty pics, you know. Hey. Some of you make a lot of money doing they that. Do. Don't knock them. I'm not, I'm not knocking them. I'm just <laughs> saying. I could be doing worse things. But I've enjoyed this. I was nervous as hell to tell you guys this story. And maybe I'll tell the other story. Maybe, you know, I don't have a lot of them written. But I got a really good comedy in my head. And I haven't been able to re- write it. But I know exactly how it is. But, again, real quick, right before we go, month of October is coming up. Halloween thing is we're going to yes. – we have a ton of good episodes that we're going to do for you guys. You'll probably hear Moana more than me. Probably. Because I think I'm going to kind of hand over the reins or we'll try to do, like, me, her, and you. But right. she is so pumped. She is so pumped. She asked me all the time, when are we going to do – When it, Dad, when are we recording? Dad, when are we recording? I'm like, honey – most of our recordings are done on weekends, and most of the time you're gone with your friends on the weekend, so you got to make the time to do it for me. Yeah. And I know this episode's a little bit longer, but there's a lot of context to this. Yeah. To actually, you know, tell it. Mm-hmm. You this, have to get the details, though. I mean, not right, so much. Right. This episode could have been like three hours. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but all right, guys. It's been fun. It's been great. I would love to hear from you guys. Please. When you guys listen to this episode, give me some feedback. You know, comment us like, hey, loved your episode. You know, just write to us. Anything. Anything, anything. positive. Just write to us. And it's going to be a great time. I, I can't wait for October to come yes, out. It's going to be excited. so fun. I, I'm super excited. And um, I think that's all we have for you tonight. That's about God. it. God. <laughs> Thank God. Bye, guys. No, just kidding. Let's see you guys. <laughs>